This afternoon we will continue together uh, metta practice that Dave introduced yesterday. This practice of stabilizing the mind and relating to and holding ourselves with care and friendliness. With care and friendliness. I'm personally uh, very interested in this word care, both its literal meaning and its implications on our practice, whether it's metta or mindfulness, formal practice, daily life. Two similar definitions. Care. An effort to do something safely or without causing damage. Effort to do something safely or without causing damage. Second definition. Things that are done to keep someone healthy and safe. Things that are done to keep someone healthy and safe. Amazingly, this is a textbook dictionary definition. So care, uh, in a way, is dharma. Dharma is inherently a kind of care. So what we're doing is we're creating a kind of culture of care initiated early on, really with Noah's first talk. And so we do it by holding the precepts together. We're caring for ourselves and one another in that way. And we're doing it through the practice of metta. This is creating, it's like a self-creation of a personal culture of care. Friendliness, gentleness. And it's like we we put our mind and body in that environment and then we sit and we walk and we eat and we do concentration and mindfulness. It's like an environment, it's like a space. It's an attitude. So yesterday I was, you know, what brought me uh, to that was a simple question, what is metta? The first thing that came to mind uh, was it's a t-shirt with a picture of George Haas on the front. (laughs) (coughs) Which is true. It's not quite the right answer. 
And then I thought, well, it's a, and so I, you know, I do this sometimes, just with, you know, with words that I am familiar with and we talk about together and, and us as friends and colleagues talk about, but I just sort of like pretend like I don't know the word. And so then you know, I realized it's a practice. It's, you know, it's on the schedule. We're going to do it now. It begins at four o'clock. There's permission to do it at any session that feels suitable as you learn to create uh, and refine your own practice, knowing how to relate to your mind and body, pulling the different techniques or tools from the toolbox, trying them out, etc. So it's, it's a technique, and we use the word cultivate. We're going to cultivate or create or grow or strengthen. So it's a practice. And it is that. The piece I'd like to emphasize is just a slight variation, which I I really already said, which is that it's a quality. Specifically, it's a natural or latent something that's in the human organism. It's here. It's It's within me. It's within everybody in this room. I like to think and hope that it's within every human being. So we do cultivate it. We do have some discussion and do some practice at four o'clock. Maybe you integrate it into your morning session. And there's a value and benefit to that. And I find it really helpful to just know, even if there's not so much faith at the beginning, getting in touch with the possibility that it's already in here. It's, a, it's, it's like a natural ingredient. So it brings up a classic Buddhist notion that we're not really fixing anything. We're getting some stuff out of the way. We're removing what's on the surface, uh, some strong judgment, some criticism, self-hatred, whatever it is, jealousy. It's like we're removing certain things so that the gentleness and acceptance and friendliness and kindness can just sort of bubble up. Even if just for a moment, we get, a, we get a taste of it. And then the faith increases, not in a religious sense, but just the knowing or the understanding that, oh, this is natural. When certain things are displaced through the craft of practice, ah, something else is here. I can feel it, I can see it, I'm beginning to recognize it. One thing I think Dave did really well yesterday afternoon is he named and talked a little bit about the difficulty that can arise in this practice, specifically by way of, um, it's just hard. It's just hard sometimes to direct, at least to direct kindness or thoughts of friendliness to oneself. And, and you know, he spoke about what, why it was hard for him. Uh, 
what it sometimes brings up in those he talks to or guides in the practice. What I remember at the beginning was having a difficult time uh, specifically with the words, with the technique. It felt uh, very mechanical, uh, felt contrived. It's not completely different than what Dave shared, but it's a slight variation. For me to integrate words and phrases uh, and even the repetition had me feeling more disconnected from myself. It, it had a busy quality. I couldn't relax into it. It was very, it had a, a doing feeling to it. Which is also fine, and, and many of you might be experiencing that. And really, I would encourage you to just actually keep doing it, even with uh, those possible experiences. For me, the pra- I didn't uh, sort of break into the practice uh, by continuing to work with the phrase. Actually, I would come in for metta and I would just do something else and hope that nobody knew that that's what I... And, pe- and you know, on interview, people say, how's it going? I say, well, it's pretty good. It, you know, but really, I wasn't even doing it. It's like, I, f- I feel a little fuzzy and it's nice. I'm becoming a Buddhist. You know, that's a sense of like... Actually, I didn't know how to interview my, you know, when I talked about mindfulness or concentration or metta, I didn't really do a very good job. <coughs> Mostly because it was really hard for me at the beginning to understand the practice, and it was even harder to let anybody know that it was hard for me to understand the practice. But I can remember being on retreat. It was in Massachusetts. It was in the winter. The Parts of it are vague, but I just remember that my body was in a lot of physical pain. It was the sort of deep inside physical pain uh, that George talked about, which is uh, in his school of thought, probably in many schools of thought, probably really, really old. It was deep. Uh, And as I've described it to people in the past, uh, it felt like I had one of those meat hooks that you would see like a, a part of or a whole cow in a meat factory. And the meat hook is up underneath my right hand shoulder, right, uh, like my scapula, it's in my back, and I'm hanging from it. And that meat hook is hot, and the, the meat hook has a string tied to the top of it, and it goes up the right side of my back, into my shoulder, and up into my neck, and, it's, and it, the string is burning hot. And that's how I would sit, often would sit retreat with. And sometimes it would show up in daily life, but mostly in retreat. A very tight, contracted, relentless, almost never going away uh, pain, physical pain. And at first I thought the mind was fine, it was just a physical thing, that the body was just uncomfortable in pain. There was some confusion, not knowing what to do with it. Uh, why? I would ask the teachers, we would, people would come up with all sorts of different reasons for why the, the pain was so bad. And uh, they were all different, all the, all the reasons were different. So I sat with a lot of confusion, and as is my nature, I begin, and I didn't know it at the time, but I was really pushing in my practice, just working so hard, you know. Um, trying to sit longer or 
just a subtle striving energy that you, you, if you looked at me, you wouldn't even know, but I was just pushing. I, I alluded to it the other day. It's kind of like just running away from. So the body was hard and the body was tight. And only in hindsight, the mind was just really, really, really tight. Really tight. And I was outside, uh, you know, in the middle of this retreat, let's say, I was sitting on this little porch. I was having lunch. And the, confu- it just, I, the confusion lifted, and I just saw the suffering. And, and I, I just said to myself, dukkha. And it was one of the first times that I ever really labeled and was really honest about how I was feeling in my body and in my mind. And I just said the word dukkha. And I just owned it, you know. And it was uh, non-judgmental. It was, uh, I don't know how I got there. It was a, it was a natural movement. Uh, so said the teachings that I would experience as a human being. And I just owned it in that moment. I just, and I just saw it, suffering. Pain, physical pain, tight mind. And the tears came and I, and I just unleashed probably years and years of resistance and struggle and striving and pushing. And I could feel, it was like, the, the body, so, I mean, the body got really soft. The body, and it, there, was a, there was like an openness and a receptivity. And I was really happy, you know, it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty quick, I was quite happy. That pattern continued for me, you know, I, I picked that up later in the same retreat of being uh, in a lot of physical pain, being really contracted in the mind, striving, not seeing it, not being able to note it or label it, and so it's, it's a cycle that continued for many, many years. But there was something about seeing it, being clear, dukkha. So it was like I couldn't be with the physical pain and I couldn't be with the mind as it was, but there was something about I can be with suffering. So I just gave it a name. It was the first time that I had a feeling of accepting the parts of myself that I didn't like. And in this case, wanting to be a good meditator and wanting to sort of get through some of this stuff and not being able to, I just acknowledge, like, I'm actually not really very good at this. I'm not, I've been doing this for eight or nine years and I'm just going to own it. I'm still suffering. And that was enough to change something which had a quality of friendliness toward myself. <coughs> so that's where I started metta. That's how it started for me. And the reason for the story is I had a felt sense. I had a felt sense of being good to myself, of giving myself permission to be as I was, whether I liked the way it looked or not. 
And so I started to believe in, in metta, and it was then that I was able to have some interest and curiosity in uh, working within the, within the form, within the system. And still when I did that, working with the phrases was a little bit awkward, a little bit contrived. So it's a, a natural felt sense. It's inside. We are cultivating it. And possibly it's right here. So we'll do some practice together. Um, please just be comfortable. The body's in a lot of pain, maybe sit in a chair. Don't be, uh, you know, be willing to do something different in terms of the posture, that's okay. Beginning by bringing your attention to the body, to the breath, maybe to sound. Finding a familiar anchor, something that's working, something that's not activating. Maybe just feeling the quality of touch or sensation between your hands and your legs or your hips and the cushion. Feeling the feet on the floor. If you're working with breath, just noticing in breath, out breath. Not managing or controlling the breath, but Noticing how the breath already is. And if there's any discomfort in the mind or body, imagine your capacity for receptivity and interest getting wider broader, making allowance and space for how you feel in this moment, how the body and mind present themselves. Right now it's like this. I'd like to invite you to stay connected to the anchor. So there's a loose connection to the anchor. 
and reflect on somebody you respect or admire, somebody you do or have in the past looked up to, someone who's been kind to you or supported you in some way. Maybe it's someone in this room. Maybe you heard a Dharma talk once and it was helpful. It motivated you, helped you see something more clearly. When I reflect on this uh, lately, I've realized that there are a couple people who really deeply listen to me. Something I uh, never really had in my life until recently. Deeply listens and sees you without judgment. Calling to mind perhaps the first person who ever expressed real care, however it is that you define care. Somebody who cared for or with you Sometimes it's helpful, uh, particularly if there's any difficulty in coming up with a person to consider pets or animals. For me in my early 20s, in a difficult time of isolation and depression, living in my parents' house when I should have been out exploring the world, a couple times a month I would drive up to the mountains in New Hampshire, pack a bag and I would go into the backcountry for two days. Really probably the start of um, any kind of spiritual journey or path, feeling held by uh, the trees, the mountains. See if you can bring an image of this person to mind, or this animal, or this nurturing place. And it could be an urban place. So we're sitting, we're breathing, we're loosely in contact with our anchor. 
we have in mind a visual image of this person or place. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be at ease. May you be happy. May you be totally peaceful. May you be at ease. May you be happy. I wish this for you. May you be at peace. May you be okay. You deserve to be peaceful. As we all do. May you be at ease. May you be at ease in all ways possible. May you be happy. May your heart and mind be gladdened. May you be peaceful. May you be deeply, deeply okay. May you be at ease in your mind. May you be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. May you be at ease in your body and in your heart. Dear friend, may you be at ease. Just as I wish to be at ease, I also wish this for you. Thank you for being there, for not judging. when others did. For seeing my goodness when others saw flaws. Thank you for seeing my goodness when the only thing I could see were my flaws. I hope you're happy. I hope you're 
peaceful. May you be at ease now and in the future. May you be at ease in all ways possible. Thank you. I care for you. I want you to be healthy and safe. May you be well in all ways possible. Allowing the words to drop away and just being in touch with the feelings behind the words. You might even notice where the feelings reside in the body, belly, upper chest, behind the eyes. Being connected to the openness, the unguarded heart. The attitude of willingness. And we'll use the same phrases directed toward ourselves as we did yesterday. You can also bring to mind an image of yourself if it's helpful. May I be happy. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. Not a little bit peaceful. May I be deeply peaceful. May my body and mind release some of its accumulated hardness. May I be at ease and soften knowing that this does not compromise my strength. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be at ease and know 
directly this basic, natural state of goodness, non-judgment, friendliness, You, myself, may we be friends, care for each other, may I be happy. Buddha wanted us to be happy. All those that practiced before us wanted to be happy. All the teachers want us to be happy. be happy. May I be at peace. In the middle of day two of retreat, whether I know the cause of difficulty or struggle or not, May I be at ease, meeting myself as a good friend halfway. May I be well in all ways possible, now and in the future. You can repeat these phrases to yourself. You can allow the phrases to drop away and rest in the feeling behind the words. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be at ease.
may I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be at ease in my mind. Safe from, protected from harmful thoughts. May I be free of those stories that aren't true and continue to inflict suffering. May I be at ease. May I be at ease in my body. I be at ease in my heart. May I be free of the constriction and contraction. Those resistances that keep me separated, isolated. May I be at ease in all ways possible. Opening and widening and receiving Whatever is arising in your field of awareness, physical sensations, emotions, You cannot do a kindness too soon. You cannot do a kindness too soon. For you never know how soon it will be too late. For you never know how soon it will be too late. 
May I be happy now. This life may be short, could end at any time. These are the Buddha's teachings. May I not wait any longer. May I be peaceful. Just like Buddha, may I be peaceful. May I be at ease. May the good effort of my sitting and walking and stretching, being quiet, may this be of real benefit, of lasting benefit. May I find in it, these practice forms, a good friend to myself who is not harsh, judging, but who is willing to stay with care and friendliness and presence. If the mind wanders and you get pulled into the productions of mind, some planning or strategy to review the past or evaluate a future possibility, come back to the phrases. So we're returning to the phrase, and once we find the phrase, recite it a few times, we can drop it, just noticing the overall feeling tone, the quality of heart and mind, possibly taking that as a new anchor or object, and resting in it.
you might choose to scan the body and bring a gentle awareness to any place there's a tightness or a gripping or a holding particularly in the legs, shoulders, belly, perhaps momentarily bringing your attention to the mouth, jaw, forehead, just noticing. May I be at ease. May I be at ease. Thank you for your practice.